It's a film with three brains. 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 This is the film with three brains, and I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And I am Sean in Chicago. And it's Sam in San Francisco. The movie we are discussing in this episode is called Fire in the Sky from 1993. It is an alien abduction film purportedly based on a true story. Uh, well, it's, uh, it hmm? is based on a purportedly true story. Okay. <laughs> I see. <laughs> based on a purported, uh, supposed true story. It is definitely based on it. Whether it's Don't true or not is in question. <laughs> there are real people that correspond to these characters. Yes, for yeah. the most part. Okay. It is the story of Travis Walton in Snowflake, Arizona, logger along with his crew, or a crew that he is a part of. Uh, and he gets abducted by aliens. Um, probably don't really need to give a synopsis. That's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, oh, come how about on. this? How about this? Okay. So <laughs> a logging crew up on a mountain. Uh, they see something in the sky at the end of the day. They think it's a fire. They drive over there and they see something. And Travis Walton is a curious sort of dreamer, as they say in the film. And he gets out of the truck while everyone's like, no, no, no. And he walks over towards it and it like shoots a light on him and he flies through the air and they run. They think he's dead. Robert Patrick is his best friend from Terminator 2. He goes back after letting the other guys out and Travis Walton's gone. And he's gone for five days. And the loggers stick to the story. They don't make anything up as far as we know. They tell everyone that they saw something and they think he got abducted. Five days later, he shows up and he's all fucked up and uh, he's a mess and he has flashbacks and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, people's lives kind of unravel as a result a little bit. Well, Robert Patrick's does. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just kind of peters out. <coughs> Towards the end there. Yeah. Which we'll get to. So, I don't think I've seen this since it came out. I probably saw it in the theater. I think I did. Right? You guys saw it? Yeah, Yeah. I think I saw it with you. And then I probably rented it when it came out. Because I remember really liking it a lot. And I remember being extremely creeped out by it. Yeah. Um, Amy's extremely creeped out about it now. Like, as soon as I say Fire in the Sky, she's like, oh, no way. (laughs) And she's she's a huge horror person. So, it's very strange. Hmm. She has a weird thing. Like, the... 
I think, well, we can get to the scene that freaked her mm-hmm. out, but that's right. why, she, why, why she won't watch it. So when I was watching it again, it was like things were ringing bells. You know, it's like, oh, right. Okay. I kind of remember that. I sort of remember this, but I couldn't anticipate anything happening. Like I couldn't tell you what was going to happen next. But once it happened, I was like, oh, that, that's familiar. I remember that kind of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, not as effective this time around. Yeah, I think the mystery of it is what drives it. Not not the mystery of like you know did did something happen or not because because you, you see the you know you kind of see what happened. Yeah. At least initially. Yeah. So so you're totally on their side as far as like yeah are they making shit up or not you know right and then um, James what's his name Garner uh, James Garner. Garner did you yeah. I forgot he was in it <laughs> yeah I forgot that I was too. like holy shit James Garner <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, basically I think this, this movie is like a series of, of short sequences that are extremely effective with wide bits in between of, of just kind of meandering hokum, Hmm. you know, like there, if it's, if this is, if the movie's an outline, the headlines are all great and the paragraphs aren't very good. You know, like yeah. it, it hits these notes every, every 10, 15 minutes that are really effective and great. And in between, it's just kind of like, what, what's going on? Why aren't, why, why are, it just feels like wheels are turning, like nothing's happening. You know, like the setup is great. Some of the characterizations are really good. Sort of the red herrings thrown in there, having a character Craig Schaefer plays who clearly has a beef with Travis Walton as a, a possible suspect is good. You know, like things like that, like the setups are good. It's just, I feel like it didn't really know what to do with any of it. Mm. And the fact that the abduction flashbacks, him showing up in the, in, in abductions flashbacks, it happens so late that we get so little time to explore all that. The most effective part of the whole movie, I found really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Like I would have liked it if he returned, if he was back by like 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, you know, but I don't think so. I think it's like an hour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's an hour. Yeah, it's an hour. I'd rather he was back, and then the re- the almost the the whole bit of the movie is him recovering from this this trauma, this horrific trauma. People questioning whether it ever really happened. He even perhaps questioning whether it really even happened. I don't know because his reactions. Some of the more effective sequences for me were like when they first find him in the rain, and she touches him, and he shrieks that grotesque shriek that made my skin crawl. Mm. Things like that, the moments, or hiding under the table at the party. You know, I want to see more of all that. I wanted that to be explored, fully fleshed out, and really kind of go there. You know, and instead, yeah. it just sort of like has that great sequence on the ship, and then it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Much. Can so, I go I'm the sorry, other yeah. direction? Yeah. Go. go. So I actually really like the idea of what happens when you know five of six guys come back from from work mm-hmm. and the six guys missing and what actually happened like what if it were actually true mm-hmm. like i like the idea of like of exploring how like no he died and you guys are covering it up or mm-hmm. like what's he doing or you know like like i actually like that element to it and i i know that i'm in the minority because a lot of the criticisms for this movie back when it came out was uh, it's a movie about an alien abduction with almost no aliens in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, some of the scenes weren't 
as good as others. But I like the idea of like, hey, all of a sudden people descend on this town, mm-hmm. you know, f- from a media standpoint and all, you know, like, yeah, I think they, that they could have actually maybe done it a little bit more like, like, and they mention it, they're like, you know, this could just be all a hoax. Like, oh, maybe he's trying to get money. Mm-hmm. If, if they were really dedicated to what, to more than just Travis Walton's story, they would have actually covered some of that like what the other people were doing, like the fact that they actually did, you know, in the, in the movie, the, the, a guy who's interested in UFOs and knows about these things shows up and hands him a card. And in real life, they were calling, like the day after he disappeared, they were calling places, um, including uh, the National Enquirer had offered $100,000 if some of people could prove that UFOs exist. And they had called and tried to do that, saying that their friend was abducted. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys read anything about this or anything. A little but, bit. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's so part of it is like, okay, are we just telling the Travis Walton story? Mm-hmm. Or are we telling a biopic about right. what other people know about this story? Right. And I kind of liked, I kind of felt, the first time I watched it, I was more into buying the Travis Walton story, mm-hmm. you know, 20 some years ago. And this time I was like, you know what? There's a lot of holes here that maybe I didn't realize last time um, that I would have liked to see some of the other stuff fleshed out a little bit more because when you realize that someone's gone for five days and they only have 10 minutes of alien material, like, yeah, you're right. There's a lot missing right there. And why isn't that the movie? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm gone for yeah. five days, I should be able to have a half hour worth of material to tell you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's not like I went, went to, you know. Yeah. Did you read that, that um, the director actually thought the the actual version, his his version, uh, the Walter's, Walton's version is uh, boring? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like to, I, I'm, I'm sure it's the way he described it or something, but. Mm-hmm. I was curious about that. Like, okay, yeah. so, I mean, certainly he he must have added the 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 first bit when he wakes up in a in a pot of goo, you know, sort of separated. Mm-hmm. That that bit is is really effective, I think, in yeah. <clears throat> making you feel disoriented and everything. Mm-hmm. the The end is is more typical of like you know what we think of aliens as, you know, experimenting on us that sort mm-hmm. of shit. Um, so I was just I was just curious about that because he also said that he he's not sure he he believes him either. The guy that made the movie it was like mm-hmm. you know eh, maybe maybe we just you know maybe they put it all together and made made a hoax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think he said that a little more strongly at other points because um, one of the things that he did was he added in the marks onto Travis. So when Travis was first examined, he had no bruises or cuts or anything. Hmm. So. Hmm. The and they and part of the problem was is one you know people have been arguing this ever since like don't get me wrong I believe that there's alien life out there there's way too many exoplanets and the universe is way too big for there not to be but I don't think Travis Walton was picked up by any of it um, and people yeah, have been arguing some of this this for it for a long time and you know they're saying okay so this giant spaceship is blasting travis walton backwards he flies through the air 15 feet or 10 feet or however many feet you want to say it was and here's it's the dry season 
in all the pine needles on the ground, there's not like a big halo effect, like when a helicopter comes down, like there's nothing, nothing's moved. And they're like, and, and you know, some people are like, well, you don't know the power of that beam. Maybe it only affects humans and it didn't affect, you know, the spaceship didn't affect pine needles to move and all this stuff. Sure. But then if you're a person and you're lifted in the air and thrown back 10 or 15 feet, once you have like one bruise on you somewhere, you know, like, like why didn't he have anything was, was, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of questions about the whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole account. And, um, you know, there's, uh, I won't go into it all, all right now, but it just, you know, some of these things as I was watching, I realized at this time, I was like, you know what? clear the spaceship stuff like you like the idea of this organic spaceship and all this crap but really for something that has to go in and out of atmospheres and decelerate and all this stuff you really just don't want pieces of little things just laying around you're like oh maybe have some super you know futuristic technology that can maintain gravity at let's just say 1.0 no matter what the ship is doing and that's why it doesn't matter that there's like dirt and organic chunks and all this stuff just laying around mm-hmm. that yeah. the ship never the ship turns. Very dirty. <laughs> right. You know, like, like you just, you can't, you know, it, you, it's really hard to exit an atmosphere mm-hmm. without massive acceleration, which means stuff moves. So even just storing people inside of capsules, it'd be more sense if the entire capsule was gelatinous, not just the bottom. Right. Um, Anyway, there's so many little things, you know, but then you read, you know, you, you read the Walton account is not what was portrayed in right. this movie. So that's huge. But then the Walton account is like, you know, people were like, he describes one of the aliens as kind of a sexy female alien. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, dude, like, like, we can't put that in a movie. Like, it just, <laughs> that, that was one of the things that the, that the director didn't like. He's like, we're not having sexy female alien. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't disagree with you, your, your summation or, you know, your thoughts on what it, the interesting aspects of the people who are, you know, soldiering on as this one guy gets abducted and how they handle it. I just thought it could have been handled better. And if oh, they're yeah. going to, and if they're going to spend so much time on it, then in a, what I'd like to see is like a three hour movie, you know, and it gives them both equal time to the point where like. Travis Walton being found is a is like a him screaming is then like a smash cut to his first screaming on the ship and then we spend the next hour if right. him exclusively on the ship. Right. You know, the first hour is like exclusively after he's gone the first half hour is set up, he gets abducted. Then that first hour is all him gone. Next hour is all him on the ship, and then the third hour, so it's a three and a half hour movie. Or the last half hour is like him being returned and, and sort of watching the you know chips fall where they may to me that would be really interesting and explore all these things you're talking about all the questions that are asked yeah that can't be answered or or have weird answers or don't make any sense you know people trying to figure it out trying to wrap this their brain around it i just felt like this was too short too you know spent too much time developing the, the story that wasn't wasn't really working that well for me it was okay like i said i had moments i really liked details i really liked some characterizations i thought were great it just as a, as a whole wasn't quite doing it for me yeah the part of it feels like p- it was supposed to be a three three hour yeah movie. yeah yeah and part of it i think too is that i really like robert patrick but i wasn't quite 
digging him. I was curious what you thought of him because carrying I, I, the first yeah. half of the film almost alone, you yeah. know, focusing entirely on him. Yeah, I like him. I think he's really interesting, but in this role, I, I don't know. I, he, he, I just I kept thinking someone else, a, a, re, a really stellar, like a really great, really great actor could have really sunk their teeth into that role and, and done something with it. I think. I think he was fine. He's good. I like him. I I I don't like criticizing him because I think he's an interesting actor, but I don't know. It just I don't know if he was miscast exactly, or he didn't have the range to do what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. a, you know, a, an audience. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I, I thought DB Sweeney was quite good though. DB. Yeah, I was gonna. That's where I was gonna go. As DB Sweeney, I think carries. Yeah. Actually, I think DB Sweeney. If you don't have somebody that puts in a performance like his. Yeah. The movie is just a piece of dog shit. I mm-hmm. mean, um, <clears throat> because I was thinking this time around with hindsight, I was like, you know, the the beginning, the setup stuff, I think is most effective because he's so goofy and full of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, totally. and he does that so well. He's so believable at, as like this, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm just going to work with my best friend and going to marry this his sister and I'm living my life and everything's great and I got these big dreams and you just, I just bought into that. Because of his sure. performance, I think, and then yeah, I agree. C- contrasted with how devastated and quiet and just turned, like just completely traumatized he is mm-hmm. yeah. when he's discovered, and, and pretty much for the rest, like toward the end, you know, the epilogue stuff, he's kind of back to the normal, but he's still not the same, which mm-hmm. I liked. He wasn't like yeah. ha- he wasn't happy go lucky anymore. Mm-hmm. So I really liked DB Swinney's per- performance throughout. Yeah, and I, th- uh, I think that was a highlight. I was, I was. <laughs> interested to learn that the the director doesn't want didn't want to cast him <laughs> yeah and yeah. They, and then this sherry lansing the ceo of paramount said you must cast him or else the movie will be canceled <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know who pulled this you know i don't know yeah. what that's about but i but i certainly would agree with it that that he was important to this project because mm-hmm. you got some great actors on this you got you know, not maybe I actually maybe shouldn't say great, but very ta- very talented. Like sure. uh, Henry Thomas is in it; doesn't have anything to do, but he's there. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's there. He's capable of. A it lot, almost felt, it felt like kind of like stunt casting a little bit. Yeah. Hey, we got the kid from ET. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, does he get to do anything? Yeah. There's a nope. line. <laughs> I didn't think Craig Sheffer was Schaefer. 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 I don't know. Was, I, say Schaefer. I didn't think he was that good in that role. I, th- I thought he was fine. He was, he was fine. fine. Yeah, he was fine. And, well, I think all the guys did a decent job, but I think Sheffer and even, no offense, because you you like him, but Robert Patrick, you know, they they all were given, like, this is who you are at the mm-hmm. first scene, and they never became anything else. Like, yeah. like even, even though he's his best friend, he tends to, most of the time, just seem angry, you know, mm-hmm. Robert Patrick. And, and no, Sheffer, I agree, I agree. He wasn't like it was, that great in this. Yeah, they, they narrowed they narrowed the the focus, and and I guess that's maybe I'm just repeating what you said. Is you know, a better actor would have would have given some dimensionality mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, instead, they they stuck with it, which would have been fine if the beginning part was short, like you said. Yeah. And you had more about the alien abduction. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have had them be be smaller, but when you spend an hour with them, you you want something more. Yeah, I liked yeah. I liked his bit at the end the best in terms of Robert Patrick's performance, because I guess that's just sort of what I expect from him. 
to be a bit more grizzled and quiet. Yeah. You know, but in, in the, in the one, in the, and it's, there's a key scene that really kind of, I found disappointing and it's his sort of speech at the church uh, where he's yeah. calling out the townspeople, you know, these people he grew up with that he's known his whole life. And I just was not really buying it. He just sounded so whiny. And I don't know. Whiny is the right word. He sounded, he sounded like he was complaining or something instead mm-hmm. of, like chastising or trying to make these people understand this key thing. I don't know. I don't know. Like his performance just wasn't very convincing. I felt a yeah. little one note, you know, I wish he would have a small choice, but I wish he would have broken in with something other than now hold it, hold it right there. It was like such a typical <laughs> sort of, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, it lacked intensity line. too. Like I never yeah. thought I'd see a performance by Robert Patrick lack intensity. I mean, his whole performance in Terminator 2 is almost virtually silent, and it's so intense. Like, just his <laughs> facial expressions are so good. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Maybe that's his thing. When he has to talk, he's just not great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was really disappointed after that scene was over. I was like, God damn, that should have been, that should have been such a crucial scene, such a, like a, a moving, really great scene. You know, you think about someone, like, just a really great actor, what they would have done with that that scene i don't know hmm. <laughs> what about us i can hear i can hear like tom hanks saying that now hold it hold it right here <laughs> i can hear it yeah <laughs> what did you think of his wife yeah she is i a liked her in, i liked her in roadhouse yeah I guess. <laughs> hey you know it's not exactly fair because i feel like her you know her character is totally to un- the, the wife she's totally underwritten yeah you know, it's just like she has to nag him and say, oh, "Yeah." She just know. all of a sudden she's like, "Well, you know, whatever. I'm you. You can leave, and that's fine." I don't know. You know, like mm. I felt like that was really another another aspect that was could have been pretty interesting was totally underdeveloped. Just all of a sudden he's at a hotel, and they're like not really together. Yeah, yeah, that was a big yeah. jump. Yeah, that was odd. Um, Maybe there's a cutscene. So, do either of you two think he was abducted? I yeah, I do. I I because here's here's the thing. Yep. If you <laughs> if you write a book and make a movie and define your life by this experience and it, and you're full of shit, then by extension your life is meaningless. You know, like you're <laughs> you've basically painted yourself into a corner and saying my whole life is a lie and I'm just over the moon with it. You know, like I, I don't. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I guess he wouldn't be over the moon. There. <laughs> well, what I'm here's what I'm saying. Like, if if he's full of crap, that means all of them are full of crap, right? Yeah. yeah. All the all you know, if six there were six people, not yeah. exactly how they were seven in the film, in, but in, in real life, I think. Oh, seven, really? Yeah. Yeah, there were seven that cut one out because they thought it'd be too confusing. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of guys working together, and one of them disappears, and they have to put this story together. And they did the lie detector, and I, I, you know, if you believe the epilogue, they did it again in the 90s. Actually, just yeah. right before this movie came out or whatever. Yeah. If you believe that. You, oh, you don't believe they did the, the lie detector? No, they, they did. They did multiple lie detectors, yeah. and they failed the National Enquirer one because they were trying to get that 100,000. So that's what I'm saying. There's so much left out of this story that is Yeah, I'd crazy. be curious to read the book. Yeah, I would like to read the book. Because I mean, the filmmakers, Travis Walton, everyone agrees that the movie is not an accurate representation of his story as he told it. Yeah, 
Which that right there, I think, is kind of interesting. <laughs> it is. Everyone it involved is. is like, this isn't what happened. <laughs> right. But we got to make a movie, so. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. But, I, but I think that makes it more, to me, that makes it more believable. Yeah. If it's less sensationalized, mm-hmm. that seems more truthful. Because yeah. if you make up a story and you don't add a whole bunch of extra shit or, you know, if, it's, if it sounds outlandish, it usually is bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I mean, shit, an alien abduction is outlandish by, by definition, but th- where do they happen? They happen in this region of the country where, you know, where <laughs> the, you know, what, what reason did he have to just disappear like that? Like, it wasn't like he was, you know, skipping the law or it wasn't like he had a reason to disappear. You know, if the rest of, if the basic, you know, tenets of the movie or of his life of what we're seeing, we're, we're shown is accurate, then. It wouldn't make much sense for him to just go, I got an idea. I'm going to put, I'm just going to, you know, I mean, he could have got blackout drunk or something, but I mean, it doesn't, it does like just the, the, the timeline of what happened doesn't allow me to think that there's anything other than a, than a, a weird, very strange occurrence that actually happened. Even if it's not as fanciful as this as movie version, you know, like something must have happened. That's I guess that's the bottom line. To me, something must have happened. Um, you know, now whether it's an actual alien ship and all that, then I guess it's you know it's, it's it becomes harder harder to like pin down reality because only like with all abduction stories, the only one that truly knows is the people that experienced it or say they experienced it. So it's you know if that's the if you find fault with their personality, they're like, oh, they're just they're pathological liar or something like obvious like that. You'd rule it out. But if they if they found nothing else, and they, it sounded like they he was pretty grilled by everyone, the town, the authorities, etc., then what conclusion can you make other than something must have happened? Um. All right. <laughs> well, I would. So I so, would compare it to the Amityville horror. Which was also supposedly based on a true story. They wrote a book, made a movie, blah, blah, blah. The Letzes were a real family in a real house. Mm-hmm. You know, all that, the, the real stuff all really happened, and then they claimed their house was haunted or whatever. And then it's been widely debunked in the years since, um, even by George Letz's kids. He never, mm. he never uh, wavered, but everyone else was like, no. Not really. No, none of this really happened. It's just his obsession with the occult. So anyway, so so the question is, why did he do it? And obviously, they made they made money because they collaborated with Jay Anson on the book, and they got money from that and the movie and everything because they sold the rights to the story. So they, I mean, it could have just been that, or George Lutz was just a nut, you know, and he really believed this should happen, even though it was just like a loud radiator, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, could, is there anything that could have happened to Travis Walton that made him believe this really happened? That's, I wonder that sometimes. But I haven't read the book, so I don't know how, how you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I believe he was abducted. If somehow there was empirical evidence that said he was, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, And if it was, and if it was completely 100% debunked, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Either way, I'd be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other based on a movie that has been widely, you know, not discredited, just uh, shown to be not 
a representation of it's kind of irrelevant happened. though like if not truly relevant but i mean like in terms of the movie like whether you want to have a good experience watching oh the movie yeah sure in terms of the movie i agree with oh that yeah 100%. it's totally irrelevant yeah it doesn't okay. matter. and that's the whole thing is that and especially the way they shot it they made it purposefully irrelevant but yeah. it, which makes it a fun movie to watch because you can imagine yourself like oh that would be crazy and you know mm-hmm. what all oh, the stuff that would happen like you know it, you know, I always tell my mom, hey, if I ever just disappear, it's because the aliens came and I got to get on the ship, you know? Um, <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I'd go in a second. Um, but, the, you know, you're like, oh, why would they do this? Why would, why would, why would they do it? You know, like, well, yeah. it's real easy. A lot of people do stupid stuff for fame and money. And yeah. so let's just uh just to just to you know influence you one way or the other maybe a little bit since cohen you seem like you're in the middle um two weeks before this was when nbc aired the television movie the ufo incident which is the the other famous alien abduction claim uh, uh, the, the like the the really famous one that that um people say is the best story ever is the barney and betty hill and so it's an alien, you know, so two weeks beforehand, there's an alien abduction story. And then he really does, which they showed there, that the National Enquirer stuff, they really did have that, you know, he really did read it. And they really did know about trying to get $100,000 if you could mm. prove it. So those two things exist. But there's also the story and i bet you one of you have read it um robert heinlein's uh novel have spacesuit will travel yeah i've read that yeah um do you remember the story not exactly no well there the travis walton story in his story um and i'm not talking about the one that's in the movie but what travis walton said um uh is that they encounter space you know flying saucer at night they're blasted unconscious by a blue beam and they wake up in a wedge-shaped room and don't know where they are. They end up going through these corridors, trying to find a way to get out and all this. And they end up in the like control center of the ship, which is a planetarium. Essentially, like, a, like you're in a planetarium, you can see all the stars around mm-hmm. you, even though you're still in the ship, so that you can like kind of choose where to go. Um, he you know, tries to escape. He gets immobilized by the by the uh, aliens, um, is dropped off on the side of the road late at night, doesn't remember how he got there, and he calls his friend, um, you know, and he doesn't remember that five days had fully passed. And it's, you know, so it's like there's all these things that's like you, you, between the other story and this story, you're like, you know what, this guy didn't do all that much imagining. So is mm-hmm. it, is it, like where's the unique stuff is is where what people are asking like I'll tell you what the unique stuff is the the number of eyewitnesses it's so okay let's go to let's just <laughs> let's just know that so if you go back to just two years ago oh and by the way the the lie detector test he he failed it he's failed multiple ones you can Google that he actually failed it on on a TV show called The Moment of Truth um, <laughs> where he. He later went on. Yeah, apparently after he get lost his job, he he was offered to appear on this uh, lie detector 
test on a, on a show called The Moment of Truth that he'd get paid to be on there. And so he did it, and he, and he failed on the show. Um, but in 2021, Mike Rogers actually was being interviewed, and he said that the whole thing is a hoax. It was all deliberate. It was all staged. And and said all this just just a couple of years ago and um uh he said none of us so-called we never saw big t abducted none of us so-called witnesses did i said supposed abduction because um big t accuses me of blackmail and, and et cetera et cetera so th there's a little bit of beef between them but yes. he essentially is like nope this whole thing was fake we did it all together and then Travis ran off with, he he, kind of says like Travis ran off with more of the money than he should have, but he didn't really because I looked and, and I mean this guy kept working like he's he's he kept working in the mills and stuff for, for a while it seems like, um, I don't think that the money that they expected to get ever actually, came out of, the whole thing. Yeah, well that yeah. that makes it believable because. If he was struggling with his mortgage and they're worried about this contract and no one seems to have a lot of money at the time, then that would make sense for motivations to, to make a hoax. Yeah. And also, you know, what, what happens to a town? You know, like how many people drive through Roswell just because it's Roswell, even though we've never been given a single piece of that ship, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how many people go through Snowflake and if there's still little stuff there, you know, like, but it... It does have an effect on everyone around them to never admit that it was a fake. So did uh, Mike Rogers say exactly what they did in, as far as the hoax? I mean, you you think if you're going to confess, then you would tell them exactly what happened. But, oh, so I did not see it from him, but I I did see a thing where they said he just stayed at a friend's in another town for five days. Hmm. He just stayed okay. at a friend's house. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, nowadays you couldn't, it'd be really hard to do this because everyone's got an iPhone, Phil. You know? Yeah. Like, like, where are the alien abductions in the last 25 years? Hmm. It does say that it said. I'm looking at a little, little bit of a transcript of Mike Rogers, and it said that Travis's brother, Dwayne, helped him. And I, I always thought it was weird that his brother is so, like, hell-bent on finding him, and then once he gets back, you're like, you know, he's like, oh, okay, you're back. You know, he didn't seem too moved by <laughs> him appear, reappearing or didn't seem close with him throughout. He was just pissed that his, you know, he thought Mike Rogers is has his brother or kills, you know, I don't know. It just, it, that relationship was seemed odd in the way that they portrayed it. Yeah. If it were true, it would be super frustrating though. Cause you imagine being picked up by aliens, being in a ship for some reason, only remember 20 minutes of, of, of a whole five days, then getting yeah. dropped back on earth and then no one believing you. God, would that suck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that's the best part of the movie. I think that the idea that no matter what you experience, people are going to doubt you and come at you from every angle, whether it's true or not, you know, you have to stick. You have to stick with that story, 
Well, that's the problem is that for anyone who's ever going to see an alien, you have to come back with the alien, right? Right. I mean, and, it, and the argument works both ways, you know, that the that absence of evidence is an evidence of absence. And, mm. you know, so it's always going to be frustrating until you like, oh, no, I grabbed this device off their ship and it's, right. you know, shrinks people. Um you know, until you have something that's so technologically advanced or an actual alien, no one's ever going to believe you. And don't get me wrong. Some of the videos that are supplied, you know, that came out in the last few years are pretty interesting, you know. I mean, you, and it's really compelling when you have a person who's a fighter jet pilot, you know, a couple of them who are being interviewed who are saying, no, this is tr this is real. This is what we saw and this thing could fly away. We couldn't even keep up with it and all this. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that, mm -hmm. you know. And that's sure. far more fascinating than this movie, in my opinion, you know, to actually have a video of something that you can't explain. Yeah. You know, which is also hard to believe because now we can make a movie that of, of anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, when they're, it looks like they're flying in an, an F-18 and, taking videos it's pretty cool yeah i think if if it were to happen it would it's i guess that's why i have this like stink of believer on me is that like um <laughs> uh, you know like <clears throat> if it's gonna happen it's gonna it's not gonna be, you're not gonna get proof you're not gonna be able to point to it or you know happen to have a video camera on you or some something you know that would really be irrefutable it's there's always going to be that that but the the idea that like ghost stories and things of the supernatural it really comes down to what people think of you you know it's not you know you're telling a good story you you may or may not have factual evidence to back it up but really believable believability comes down to the personality of, of the people involved you know like that's why I like, you know, James Garner's, you know, sort of like skepticism. I like because he's he's the he's the foil for all this. He's like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, there's a murder here. Uh, he'll just turn up, blah blah blah. Oh no, they're just full of crap. You know, I'll, when that when the truth comes out, I'll come back from wherever. You know, all that stuff. Sort of. That's that's the the reality based portion of our brain going. No, it shouldn't happen. No. If it did happen, it wouldn't happen like this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But really, you just have to make an assessment. You know, we don't get to meet these people. We just have a representation representation of an actor playing this person. Um, and even if you did meet the actual Travis Walton, I don't know that you could just, you know, give him the, the stink eye and, and then just figure out whether he's lying or not. It doesn't really matter unless... But the people that are close to him, like his wife or his... You know, the people that are close to him in that town... They had to make that decision. They had to know. They knew these people. You know, the small town part of it, I think, is also effective because it, you know, it, I mean, this shit doesn't happen in New York City. It happens in the middle of nowhere, and therefore, the relationships of the people that are experiencing it and talking about it are just as important as the experience itself. In a way, I mean, sure, we'd all like proof, but that's, I mean, this the movie explores. Well, what if we don't have proof? Like, you know, you still have to <laughs> kind of decide for yourself. And that's always the way it's going to be until the, yeah, until they release 
the government releases all the footage of all the UFOs. I guess. Not that they will. <laughs> all right. So, in conclusion, it might be not be true, but it's still a fun story. Well, in conclusion, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that, <laughs> I mean, not that your summary was bad, but I just, but I, I think the, what I appreciate about it is that all fanciful stories, I mean, look at the, the movie, every movie we watch has an, a degree of, of magic and unbelievability. Right. And this movie is like trying to flip the script and saying, here's a really interesting thing. Now decide whether it's true or not, or even close to true. You know, I don't think that this gives you that much to hinge on for you to decide. Yeah, no, I think but, it's but really you're... dedicated to to just being truth. That the the skeptics are brushed off pretty quickly. You know, James Garner leaves town. He's like, well, I'll be back when something changes. You mm-hmm. know, that's it. Don't but it does. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I walked out of that theater thinking, oh my god, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> you know, and thinking about it for probably like the next twenty three years. Yeah. Um, well, I also like that it's not still. a fanciful cocoon type of alien that's gonna, be, <laughs> you know, gonna give yeah. you something, gonna give you all knowledge or long life or stuff like that. That we we the fanciful stuff that we think about or alien technology, that all that stuff is great. But what makes what makes it more believable to me is that these are not friendly at all. There's no communication going on it whatsoever. There's no like mm-hmm. communing or anything. It's just, just fucked up sort of, you know, you're just treated like a, an animal, a lab rat, you know, and that's, that seems the most believable encounter to me. If they, if they were, had massive technology and they could pop in, it seems like, yeah, that's probably what they do. You know, if they were, if they already knew they weren't going to like talk to us or, reveal themselves then yeah they're probably just uh just science you know scientists that come down and they're probably not very gentle with their tools <laughs> but yeah I, I guess it doesn't matter it's just yeah unfortunately the the real the real version is that um in Walton's book, he says that he awoke in a hospital-like room being observed by these bald creatures, and he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led him to another room, and he blacked out when they put a um, clear plastic mask over his face. Hmm. So, in his version, there's actually another human on the ship who's working with the aliens. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd take the job. I told I just I just admitted it 20, 10 minutes ago that if they show up, I'm going. And they're like, dude, we need you to put a mask on other humans we abduct. Like, yeah. We need an interview. Right, right, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. We discuss the benefits of, you know, yeah. vacation. Uh, yeah. So minor subject change when he woke up in the ship in that like pod did that remind you guys of anything uh, uh like matrix, uh, matrix? yeah <laughs> totally. funny bill pope is the the dp on this who also shot the matrix <laughs> so i wonder was he like hey i got an idea wachowskis <laughs> <laughs> i made this movie called fire in the sky have you seen it 
<laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs> you should. I'm hoping for royalties. Yeah. <laughs> I I liked how the uh, um, DB Sweeney apparently was ex- excited to learn that uh, ILM was doing this the effects, yeah. and he thought that that was some kind of audition for Spider-Man <laughs> because James Cameron was supposed to do, he had the rights to Spider-Man at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. What? what? And then of course he has to do DB Sweeney, even then a little old to be playing Peter Parker. Yeah. It's a bit weird. He's, I mean, <laughs> wh- what happened with his career? DB Sweeney. Yeah. What's his, know. what's his biggest movie? The cutting edge. Yeah, it is. This Everyone knows that one. Topic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can only think of a handful of things like Spawn. He's in Spawn. Hmm. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it was an eight men out. Oh, right. That was a, that was a big deal. That movie. I forgot about eight men out. Did he play Shoeless Joe? I think he might've. Mm, no, no, he, no. Who? No, wasn't that? Shit, I'm sorry. I'm confusing. I'm yes, getting eight men out did. confused with with um, Field of Dreams. Yeah, no, it says he did. Yeah, that was uh, Ray, Ray Liotta. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. DB Sweeney was Shoeless Joe. Uh, yeah, nobody had much of. I mean, he doesn't. Shoeless Joe didn't have a lot of lines, so it didn't really matter. He just had to look the part. But yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, not a lot. Oh, Memphis Bell, I forgot about mm. that. But after Fire in the Sky, yeah, there's not. I mean, he's working, he's in stuff consistently, but just stuff I've never seen. He just got one of the, you know, the name is he's got the name recognition, but people don't really know why they know him. They're like, oh yeah, that guy, that DB Sweeney guy. Yeah, it's because it's close to DB Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, well, have we uh, have we exhausted? Have we concluded our investigation? Ups? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I didn't look too hard. Oh, I got a question. Mm. What in the hell was James Garner doing there anyway? Like, he's a cop from Montana. <laughs> They don't really explain. Right? <laughs> He's a special investigator he, or something? Who did he work for? Was he uh, with the FBI? There's a brief conversation that said, oh, so-and-so was over in over his head. Right? He's on the... James yeah. Gunn is on the horn and right. he's like, yeah, yeah, better get over here. He's on over his head. And like, but still, right. what does that mean? Why, or I mean, why... But still, who is he? Why is he there? <laughs> they Right? They didn't say any... They didn't really... No. He just no, shows no up there, like no here's badge. here's here's this guy from Montana who's like a famous detective or something. Yeah, I mean, I like to I like seeing James Garner, but when I think about it, it's like uh, he's almost doesn't fit in this movie. Yeah, he's got he doesn't really have much reason to be there. The, the sheriff could have. Yeah, anybody could covered that part, the, right? Yeah, unless maybe I don't know. Maybe the role was bigger as written, or they shot more and it got cut. I don't know. Like in a in a in a longer film that's more developed, like we we're saying earlier, then his he would have a definite like a, a critical role, I would think. But the, the way it was handled was so sort of short. 
and mm-hmm. you know they could have just given his lines to the sheriff. Yeah, and he didn't have a he didn't have any a lot of insight that would yeah validate his appearance there. Right. Other than just being the guy. Those conversations could have been between the sheriff and a deputy. I think toward the end, the sheriff was like, these are good boys. And then he's like, yeah, "Yeah." that was pretty much it. That was his role was to. Mm -hmm. I guess to sort of be devil's advocate. Yeah. Or I don't know if that's the right word, but or phrase, but sort of outside looking Level headed person. Yeah. 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 Apparently they did sell their story to the National Enquirer. And the story that they sold is the story that became the book, but not the actual story that they gave in their original statements. And apparently his family said that, don't worry, when they were interviewed, said, don't worry, Travis will show up because UFOs are good. And What? Yeah, where are you where are you getting this from? This is I'm just this I'm is just not, going down the. There's just, a couple of books written about this whole this incident. Uh, uh, some reading summaries of these, of these books. The the books that people wrote. There's two books that people wrote like a couple of years after and into the 1980s. Yeah. Um, about this. Anyway. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Fun if you're not in the ship. Uh, I, but I think Paranormal had this kind of like, I don't know, this like 19, maybe 60s to 80s, this kind of like, you know, this kind of window where we're between like there being too much science, but enough media that you could, you could have these stories spread out. I mean, think about when you were like... When I was a kid, I read all these stories about the Bermuda Triangle. When's the last time you heard anything about the Bermuda Triangle? And all these planes and yeah. boats that had problems in World War Two and all this stuff, you know, or, you know, gremlins have originally, you know, comes from that same era, you know, the, the animals that would sabotage the planes and other electrical equipment. Um, you know, ghosts, all this stuff came... You know, there was there was a moment there where we still wanted to believe in the magic of the past and we didn't have like all the science and cameras and everything filming everything that we do now. Because hmm. all these things have kind of disappeared. Yeah. 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 And these days people wouldn't even look at it twice if you didn't have a TikTok video or something of, of a ship. <laughs> right. Yeah. They wouldn't believe anything you said. But you have a few blurry frames and the story to go with it, then they'd be like, well, maybe. Right. I mean, you want to find, like, how many people are digging up, you know, sending in new photos and stories about the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and the Abominable Snowman? Like, yeah. Well, it's people you know. that are exclusively hunting Squatch, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Squatch. <laughs> And that I, it's weird because I give those no credence whatsoever. I don't know why, but I think it's because one, they're making a reality show about it. Two, they're they're so convinced, they're so utterly convinced that they're that they exist before they go looking, that it just it's it's so unscientific. It's like you know, well, of course you're gonna. It's a foregone conclusion. You're gonna find something, or like all those alien or now uh, the haunted house, the ghost hunting shows. You know, like. 
they <laughs> they go to infrared or whatever, and then they or night vision, whatever the hell. And then, then, you know, something moves and then they're like, what? And then it's just like three people going, what was that? Oh, I did you hear that? Oh man. Okay. And it's like, well, okay. Right. What's I, the point? Why just, just set up the cameras and, and leave. What's, what, what is the purpose of the people, you know? Right. Telling us what's happening. It's just pointless. It's just poppycock. But for some reason, I have, <laughs> I think maybe if you're in the middle of nowhere and you're a logger, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're. I mean, you're a UFO bait. You're right. You're like, I'm right, right in their wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, easy pickings. Just a couple guys out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know the aliens are really concerned about press. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> they like they like good PR, definitely. No, I mean with the with the with the Loch Ness monster and Sasquatch oh, okay. and all that. You at yeah, least yeah. we at least are used to like not discovering large mammals and or animals right. on a regular basis. We're like, uh, when's the last time you discovered like a real animal? You know, like never. Like during our lives, like there have been a couple things discovered that have been big that are close relatives of other things. They're like, oh my gosh, we thought this, you know, type of tapir was was mm. extinct or this type of platypus was extinct. But, you know, we haven't been like, oh, we were going through the Himalayas and we found these, you know, eight foot tall snow bears that we never knew existed. Like, like the world's too, too walked over at this point. So... The only place we have to hope for is the universe. Well, fortunately, that's massive. Yes. <laughs> for, yeah, that's, that's I'm not going to live long enough to see it. Uh, unless something really cool happens <laughs> from people who don't live on this planet. Yeah. Anyway, I want to go. I want to be abducted. <laughs> <laughs> but what are we going to watch next? Until, while we're waiting for alien abduction, what are we watching yeah, next? Why don't we watch a movie? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't go too far astray from 1993 at hmm. all. Like, very, very close. Cool. Uh, 1994? Exactly. 1994. Is it Pulp Fiction or Forrest Gump? <laughs> Forrest Gump? You think I'd choose Forrest Gump? I don't you know. should. Hmm. hmm. Uh, no, I was tempted by Pulp Fiction. Uh, picking no. movies is kind of like a box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, I picked some. I did my typical Sean pick, which was one I have not seen. Ooh. Oh, is this something you've heard of at least? I've I've read about it. And is I've, it foreign? <laughs> it is foreign. Yes. Okay. Yes. Nineteen ninety four. Romantic crime crime comedy drama. Oh, a romantic crime, crime comedy drama. Written by, and directed by Wong Kar Wai. Oh. All right, let me think about that. Sure, okay. I know he is. I've seen you know he movies. is? Okay. Yeah. I never would have got that. Oh, he's got it. Uh, <laughs> Wong Kar Wai. Uh, 94. Uh, fuck, what's that is one? Is it a police drama? I don't think so. There is a police officer. Is love in the title? No. Hmm. Yeah, right. it, it, Express else. is in the title. Oh, Chungking Express. Oh, yeah. Chungking Express. I might have seen that. I've seen that. It just seemed like a movie I sh- I need to watch. So I was like, okay. I don't remember. Let's... I don't remember it well though. 
and you know, pretty old now. 94 is a while ago. It so. is policeman. A lovesick Hong Kong policeman mulling over his relationship with a woman. Yeah, but I think there's more to it than that. <laughs> Probably. No, I know, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, come on. I'm trying to remember a movie from... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. 20, <laughs> 29 years ago. <laughs> I can only grab so many things out of the air. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully it's worth discussing, if nothing else. It's not. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm all just right. kidding. I don't this will be the first time we all get on and be like, I have nothing to say. Oh, and it is available <laughs> on HBO. Right Sweet. Now, so. Great. I like free. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, yeah, I think. Uh... Well, this review has been out of this world. <laughs> yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I was struggling to find that one. Yeah. <laughs> out of this world. All right, that's enough movie buff. I'm out. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening to Fire in the Sky. Yeah, we appreciate you. Oh, sorry, I just had a little out of body experience there. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm adapting.